0: Good morning. We're glad you're here to worship with us this morning at Broadway Baptist. We're going to invite you to stand with us as we begin our time of worship together this morning. Let's stand and sing together.
1: Black boxes so you can always use that as a way to communicate with the office but we are we are excited and glad you're able to be here today's a very special day we begin or tomorrow begins vacation bible school the theme is roar you can sense uh the stage is a little different, different as well as the whole entire church it looks like africa so the theme is an african adventure so be in prayer this entire week for v- vbs we're expecting a lot of children to come. I know a lot of you are helping. It's going to be an exciting time. One other announcement I want to make, not only uh, this week is Bible School, next, next Sunday, we have a, it's going to be a real special Sunday at really all three services. We have the uh, Kentucky Baptist Convention has their Youth All-State Choir coming. Now, it's a 60-member choir and orchestra, so this stage uh, will be packed with teenagers. And it's an audition only. It's a real honor to be a part of that. They will be singing at the 9 o'clock service, the 1109 service, and our evening service. We're moving up to 3 o'clock. So that's going to be our evening worship service uh, next Sunday. So just, it's going to be a, a blessing. I know you'll really enjoy it next week. I wanted to certainly uh, remind folks about that. So I'm going uh, to lead us in our prayer. We're going to uh, pass offering plates today, so I'm going to invite our ushers to come on down right now, and, um, and we'll have our offering. Your offering goes, you know, Vacation Bible School costs over $10,000 here at our church. Your offering goes to support ministries such as reaching children for Jesus. So I encourage you to give. It's certainly, uh, certainly a blessing, and it's an act of worship. I'm going to lead us in our prayer, and then we'll have our offering. Then we'll continue. God, I thank you so much for this wonderful worship service. Lord, we just pray that you bless this offering we give to you. We just thank you for being able to come and worship. Thank you for being able to come and give. Lord, we just pray that you uh, just open up our hearts to what you want us to know and what uh, the message you have for us today on this Father's Day. Lord, we give you this offering this morning, this worship service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: I count on one thing the same God that never
2: fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you're working all things stand and
3: join us on the course. Oh, yes I will my healer my blessed redeemer my answer my saving grace you're my hope in the shadow
0: we can give you. Father, you're worthy of all the names uh, that we can conceive in human language to call you. God, you're our helper, our healer. Father, our redeemer, our savior. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you are and all that you give us. Lord, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's continue to worship together this morning. Lord, we confess your greatness this morning. God, we pray that you're exalted, not just in this room, but Father, we pray that your name is made great among all the nations. And Lord, as we move into uh, our children's moment, God, we're reminded that this week uh, is our vacation Bible school, and God, we know, uh, Father, that this is an opportunity that you have blessed us with, that we can proclaim your gospel, the gospel of Jesus, to these children. God, we pray that you would move and you would work. God, that ultimately you would be made great and that lives would be changed by the power of your mercy and your grace. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen.
1: Chris, I'm going to borrow that microphone. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, band. All right, if you are a child here, now is your time to shine. If you are between the ages of birth, In fifth grade, even no matter where you're at, you just come on down, we're going to sit right here. I'm going to move this tree, and uh, I'm going to scoot it to the side. We have children's sermon today, it's Father's Day, so it's very special. Hey, somebody stole my seat. I need to sit right here. Connor, can I sit where you're sitting? Sherry's directing me. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I stepped on your hand. <laughs> All right, can I sit here? All right you Benjamin, you're gonna have to move. I can't fit right here. Okay, why don't you why don't you come sit over here? All right. No. <clears throat> All right. Today we is a sp- today's a special day. It's Father's Day. It's also the day before VBS. So we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about our VBS offering here about these trees. We're also going to uh, uh, honor our fathers, and y'all are going to help with that. So certainly exciting. We are going to uh, these trees right here. Uh, y'all see them right there with the blue and the pink buckets these are what we call the giving tree tomorrow starts vbs and you know what that means that means we have an offering we have an offering contest between the boys and the girls and we're going to give you'll always get a chance to come and give your offering so you want to bring offering and that's a giving tree you can actually put money in that tree and we don't know how long those trees last Last year, we raised $1,662. You raised that money, and that came from well, you all. Now, what happened with our, with our money is it goes to an organization we support called the Sunrise Children's Services. That used to be the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home. And what that is, that's an organization that helps children. So what's great about this is it's children helping children. That's what's so wonderful about uh, the Sunrise Children's Service. So what we're going to do today, uh, who's, who's read this book before, The Giving Tree? Well good, Yeah, th- you, know, what, you know what this book is, I, even when I was a little boy, I, my mom and dad uh, read this book to me, this is about a tree, and what happened with this tree is it gives, and a little boy grew up swinging on the branches and climbing the tree, but then he got older and he didn't go see the tree anymore, he had other priorities. He played with his phone and on his Nintendo, and he did things like that. And then what happened, then he got older and he wanted to make money, so they cut down the branches to help build a boat, and he wanted to build a house, cut down the trunk. And next thing you know, the poor tree never saw the man anymore until he was just a stump. And the old man came back and he says, you know, I I don't need anything. Because he started out as a boy and he didn't need anything. He ended as an old man and he didn't need anything. And the point of the book was the tree just gave, and at the end of his life, the old man, the tree was just an old stump, and the old man just sat on the stump. Is that an exciting book? <laughs> it's a sad book, isn't it? <laughs> so that's the giving. Who here's read this book, The Giving Tree? This is a great book. It's an old timey book, but it's a classic. So that's what we're giving. We're giving to the Giving Tree this entire week. I have a Bible verse. I need someone to read. 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 24 and it's about a tree all right who would like to read Will Scott congratulations come on up no 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 sir all right we're gonna read okay you got it it's hard to see in the dark isn't it we got a flashlight Benjamin stop stop okay it starts anybody have a flashlight so we right
3: here I see uh, he okay.
1: stop 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 right here 24
3: he he himself before us sins in his body on on the tree so that having died to sin we might live for right rightness by
1: Good job, Will. Good job. Those are hard Bible words as well in there. What it says there, he bore our sins on a tree. Jesus died on a tree. So there was a tree somewhere in Jerusalem that held Jesus while he died for our sins. So that's our Bible verse. And this entire week... At VBS, we're gonna give to a tree. We're gonna give to the giving trees right there. So what we're gonna do is, I have a special gift for you, and you're gonna get some money here. But we're not gonna give that because we're gonna have our closing prayer. Somebody's gonna pray, and then Miss Sherry's gonna take her money, and then you're gonna stay up here because you've got to help me. We're about to honor our fathers. We have got a special gift for them. All right, who would like to say our clo- our prayer? Anybody like to pray? All right. here, come on. Fortune, right? Fortune? Alright, Fortune's gonna pray for us. Alright. Here you go, Fortune.
3: In Jesus' name. But I thank you for this day that I made us to see. And I thank you for that everyone is here to worship you. And I thank you for this thing day, this day
1: Amen. Good job, Miss Fortune. Good job. You did a very good job praying. All right, I want y'all to stand up. and You're going to see Miss Sherry, and she's going to hand you some money to put in the giving tree so we can go ahead and get started. So you can put it in the boys or the girls. I'm going for the boys. So that's who we want to win. Past two years, the girls have won. All right, now, children, y'all stay up here. Shh. Okay, okay. Now we're going to honor fathers. All right. Okay, while they put money in the trees, we're going to give out we always honor our oldest father. Now here's the rules. If you have won this prize in the past, you're not eligible for oldest father. So we're going to honor we're going to recognize our oldest father, then we're going to honor all the fathers here and the children are going to bring y'all something. All right, it's a nice gift here. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Jeremiah seventeen seven. I noticed everybody's looking over there. I guess that's more exciting. All right, do we have any men here 80 years old? 80 years old. You know, at the first service, 90, 90 won the prize. All right, 75, 75. Any men at least 75? So, uh, Sonny, how old are You, you got two. All right, Gene, how are you? Same How? All right, Sonny, you're the winner. Sonny, stand up. I'm sorry. Here you go. You're our oldest father. Thank you. So I appreciate it. So all, right. all right, all the men, if you are a father, today is fathers, Day. all of our fathers need to stand up. Sherry, sure, let me see one of these. I'll hold up our gift. All the dads need to stand up. This is the 2019 gift. It's a nice pen. And what we're going to do is we're going to give these to all the men. Let's give a big, big round of applause for all of our dads, honoring our fathers. All right, children, you're going to come to Miss Sherry and grab a pen. A and all the dads standing up, you're going to go out to them and hand them a pen. Men, once you receive a pen, you sit down. Now, look, children, up in the sound booth, I see four men standing up there. Y'all need to go up in the sound booth as well. So, All right, we're handing out pens.
3: Are you ready to roar?
2: Head out on an African adventure that engages the whole herd. Create a stampede of fun at
3: Sing and Play Roar. Bring the Bible to life in Wild
2: Bible Adventures. Experience jaw dropping discoveries at Imagination Station.
3: Run wild with high energy activities at Stampede Sports.
2: Discover what life is like for five amazing kids. Who live in Africa at KidVid Cinema?
3: Get ready to let the good times roar. Trusting you you are
1: good. Yes, that kicks off tomorrow night. I hope you have your bulletin insert. You want to pull it out right now. I want to bring attention to something. I want you to be praying for the, our church this week. Bible school is an exciting time. It's exciting time that you get to relive your kid experience. I grew up, I would, I, my best friend was a Methodist, and I would go to our Baptist church, and then I would go, like two weeks later, was the Methodist church. So I, every summer I grew up going to two v, VBSs. That was really my mom's way of just getting, getting children out of the house for that. But um, uh, you would go to Bible school, and you learn about Jesus, and that's the message of, of VBS. And I want to um, bring attention here. Here's a prayer list here on your bulletin insert. Look at this. This is what I'm going to ask you to pray for this week. Children, especially the older ones, understand and receive the gospel. Uh, It says here, Pastor Daniel and Betty Crow are teaching elementary. And we have two more names that need to be added to this. Miss Millie Snyder, who's here, as well as her granddaughter, Dallin Newsom, who's one of our uh, uh, student ministry interns. They're on youth camp right now, uh, coming back for it uh, this afternoon. They're going to be teaching. They have a class as well. So we have two different older elementaries called Wild Bible adventures and that's really where our classes are sharing the gospel and asking for an invitation or asking for the children to respond so that's an encouraging certainly a great thing look at the second bullet point down here 90 percent of all folks who are saved are saved by 20 years old that means by the time someone turns 20 of all the people who get saved most likely they're going to be saved uh, before the twenty-nine percent I mean, I was saved when I was 15. Sherry was uh, 14, 13, 14. So um, this is why in a church and in your family, you need to be sharing the gospel with children, youth, and college students. Those three age groups are critical for gospel readiness and gospel response because I want to tell you why. As people age, you start getting up in your 20s, 30s, 40s, Your heart grows hard. You're hardened to the gospel. And that's why it's important to reach young folks for Jesus. You know, we want to be prepared for the children that God brings. Every day at 5 o'clock, if you're here, we will meet right here at 5 o'clock for prayer. So if you're helping out Bible school, if you're able to be here at 5, we'll meet and pray for 5 or 6 minutes, and we go to our stations. And I want to encourage you to pray. During VBS, usually what happens like on Thursday or Friday People start getting tired. You know what happens when folks get tired? They get snappy. They get uh, short with other folks. And uh, we don't want anybody to get tired. So you want to have a, a, lots of energy all week with excitement and joy uh, to, to make it all five days. Because it, it is draining. You go home and you're exhausted after, um, after being up here. But that is an exciting week. Uh, it's a, a wonderful time for you to be praying. Open your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. We're going to be looking here in the scriptures, Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Then in a little bit, we're going to flip over in Bibles. And we're going to look at Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 38. So two different scripture passages here. Today is Father's Day, and this is going to be a message. We're in our Summer Jump series here, and we're looking at different themes. And today we're talking about jumping into fatherhood. Um, fatherhood is something that is spoken about all in the Old and the New Testament. God has expectations for dads. God has plans for fathers. So we're going to certainly see this here. All humans, do you know all of us, are God's offspring. This is why even in the wound, you're created by God. But there's a difference from being offspring and then being adopted as God's child. When you're saved, when Jesus is in your heart, when you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the Bible says you become a child of God. And what that means is you're no longer just an offspring. Now God is your Father. He's your Heavenly Father. And that's what we're going to see about this morning, about what it means to have God as your Heavenly Father. So I want you to read along here in your Bible. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 12. It says here, So then, brothers and sisters, we're not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body you will live. What the Bible just said there is your old way of life is living according to the flesh. Flesh means sin. It's, he, he's, Paul's drawing a contrast. When someone gets saved, they're no longer living this sinful, wicked life. They're making a shift to a completely different way to live. And then he goes on to say, verse 14, for all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That word, Abba, Father, is what we're going to look at this morning. That word means in Aramaic, Father. Jesus used that word in his prayer life. Jesus addressed God the Father as Abba. Abba. And what happens is that spirit of adoption, that salvation, when someone is saved, you are adopted into God's family. Meaning, you're all of a sudden moving from offspring to a child of God. You're a member of the family. It means you're saved. That's what that word means. The Spirit Himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, so that we also may be glorified with Him. Again, what's going on here in this passage, Paul is drawing this contrast. This is your old way of life, that you're not led by the Holy Spirit. You become an heir of Christ. You become a child of God. You are adopted into the faith. You accept Jesus into your life at Bible school or at youth camp or at at Sunday school. You say, I'm going to become a Christian. I'm, I'm going to start following the Lord. I'm going to trust Him as my Savior. And then you become a child of God. And then at that point, you no longer live like you used to live. Everything about you changes. That's the contrast that we see that Paul is talking about here in this passage. Now, look up here on your screen. The greatest thing a father can do is lead his family to Jesus. Do you know that? Men, the best thing you can do is not take your children to basketball games or football games or baseball games. It's saying, I'm not going to be just a cool dad. I'm going to be someone that's pointing my family, pointing our children, pointing my spouse, pointing the people at work, pointing all the folks I've influenced in, pointing them to Jesus Christ. Because when it's all over, what's going to happen is Jesus is going to look at us and say, Am I your father? Are you my son? We point people to Jesus. That's what a godly father does in all ways. Number two, dad serve as buffers. They protect bad influences or sin from coming into their home. Men, you guard your house. You guard your family, your grandchildren the best way possible. I want to illustrate how this was done. In Genesis chapter 28, there was a man named Jacob. And Jacob was getting up there in years. Remember we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's our patriarchs in the book of Genesis. Well, Jacob was one of those guys that he was still at home playing video games and goofing off and willy nillying around, and finally dad Isaac came to him and said, son, it's time to get married, like, you know, we're just not going to, you know, it's time to grow up and, and do something with your life. So then we get to Genesis 28, and the father says, I want you to get a wife, and I want to help point you in the right direction for which wife to get. Don't go to the Canaanite women, you need to go to the house of Bethuel. This is Genesis 28, 1-7. It says, you go there, they have a lot of women. These are godly women who love the Lord. And what happened, Isaac, this is what we do, men. We point our family, our children, our grandchildren in the right direction. Sometimes people just need, here's some guidance of where you need to be going. And that's what Isaac did to his son Jacob. And there in the house of Bethuel, he found uh, Rachel. He also found another wife named Leah. He got two wives and, and for one there um, uh, that from, his, from his dad uh, the, that house. But um, these were godly women who loved the Lord. And what it took was Isaac had to steer him away from certain types of people and point them. Isaac served as a buffer. He was saying, I, I don't want you going this way. We're going this way. It's like, I'm, I'm not pointing you to Louisville. I'm going to point you to Lexington. You're going to go to Kentucky is where you're going to go. He's, he's giving him guidance. Men, we do the same. This is what we do. We guide our families. Look, if, you, if you're a father, and your attitude is, well, the grandkids and the kids, you're now 18 years old. You just do whatever. Well, and they will do whatever. And you, will have, you have wildness going on. Men, you steer people in the right direction. You steer them to the Lord. You do the best you can to steer them to making godly decisions. Not only that, fathers, we also cannot neglect the responsibility we have. God has given us responsibility. But what happens is we neglect this responsibility while pursuing what you're not responsible for. What I mean by that is you're responsible for your attitude, anger, selfishness, pride in your tongue. Man, God has called us to, we have to guard our anger. We have to guard our selfishness. And selfishness means it's easy to be an aloof father saying, well, I've, I've worked all day, I'm tired, I don't want to deal with it. That is selfishness. It's easy to be a loof grandfather where you just step back and just, I'll just give them money and whatever happens, happens. No. We, we are obviously responsible for these things. But God is going to hold us to account. There's sometimes, fathers, we men, we can be pursuing things that are not important. And what God cares about is you want to be known not as the man who was angry all the time, who was selfish, who was prideful, and who couldn't control his tongue. You want to be a dad that's pointing your family to Jesus. I want to explain how this is illustrated. In Genesis 3, 16, after the fall, Adam and Eve sinned. They received curses. God was—he had consequences for them. It wasn't good. Well, when it came to Eve, God looked at Eve and says, Eve, you're going to have a desire for your husband. Now, men, we know women have a desire. That planted in, planted into women. It came from Genesis 3.16, from the Lord. Now, the thing about that is, fathers, we don't want to become less desirable. What I mean by that is, when you aren't desirable, when you're a person who's aloof and indifferent towards things, you're becoming a very undesirable person. This is how problems occur in marriages, how problems occur in families. We acknowledge as fathers that we have a responsibility of headship. God has given men the gift of leadership. Say, yeah, "Damn, I don't lead anybody. You lead your home. You lead your family. You lead the people in your circle of influence. So where do I lead them to? You lead them to the Lord. You point people back to Jesus. Flip here in your Bible to Mark chapter 14. Jesus illustrated this. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. The Bible uses the word Abba, Father. We have earthly responsibilities, but knowing that God has given us, God has equipped us to have a desire for, also for God. Look at how Jesus prayed to his father. Verse 32. This is what we call the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is here. About to be arrested that night. And he's, gonna, he's alone. And then. His disciples. They're not going to do. What he asked them to do. When they came to the place named Gethsemane. He told his disciples. Sit here while I pray. So he took Peter, James and John with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said to them, I'm deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. So that's his job. You stay awake. He went a little farther. He fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, this hour might pass from him. So Jesus is praying alone. And while he's alone with God, this is what he says. Verse 36, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Did you catch that phrase, what Jesus said? He's calling God Abba. But the first thing he said about the Lord, all things are possible for you. Do you realize that's the God we serve? We have a God. We believe in a God that all things are possible. When you've had a bad doctor's appointment, when your finances are failing, when your family's falling apart. We have a Lord that's saying, it is possible. I can do it. And when he says, take this cup, he's not talking about a, a Dasani water. He's talking about this cup of suffering that he's about to pour out. What he's about to do on the cross. But what Jesus says here, he's saying, God, I really don't want to die on the cross. And I know all things are possible with you. But most importantly, it's not what I want, God, it's what you want. Men, is that your prayer? Daily, fathers, do you wake up and say, Lord, I want to be a man of God that wants your will. I want to be, Lord, in the center of your will today. That is what Jesus is praying when he prays his Father. So look what happens. He comes back here, last couple of verses. Verse 37 says, When he came back, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake one hour? Peter had no clue what was happening. He just thought it was another night. Here is Jesus in prayer. Jesus regularly went alone to be in prayer with his father. And that's probably what Peter was thinking. He didn't realize Jesus is about to be arrested. Stay awake and pray that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus told Peter, if you don't have a prayer life, if you aren't passionate about crying out, Abba, Father, you will fall into temptation. You want to know a dad that's fallen? It's a dad that doesn't have a prayer life. It's a father that is no longer... Asking and interceding for God. I'm going to give you four takeaways. We're going to conclude here. Pull out your bulletin. Four practical principles for fatherhood. Number one, dad wasn't too busy. Jesus made time for his father. Jesus made time for his his, disciple making. If Jesus had a family, he would have made time for that. Jesus was a single man. Yeah, Mom and dad, his dad likely died at a young age. The last we know about Joseph, the carpenter, his father, was when he was 12 years old. There's no other mention of him, which means likely he passed away when Jesus was young. We know Mary was alive. Fathers cannot be too busy. Men, we have a responsibility that God has given us. And it's easy to be too busy your people are busier now than ever. You're probably thinking all the things you have to do this afternoon and all this week. If you have VBS issues, even more stuff this week. You're participating in. Dad directed me to the Bible. Fathers, we point our children, our spouse, our grandchildren to Scripture. Jesus quoted the Scriptures. Jesus was with his disciples, praying and crying out. Abba Father. He was literally alone with God for an hour in prayer and he goes back and they're asleep. He chastised them for that. He says, guys, you just don't understand what's about to happen. You need to be praying that you don't fall into temptation because if you don't, you're going to fall. We direct our families to Scripture. The only God you can talk about is the one revealed in Scripture. You want to know God. Men, you know your Bible. This should be part of your life. Number three, dad loved mom. Your children and grandchildren should see, men, that you loved your wife. You love mom. The two become one flesh. God has joined you together with the spouse if you're married. And you have to love your, mu- your wife. You love your mother too. Dad served in church. You know, if you, you grow up and your dad was, and you grew up in a house, and you get in the car, and it's evaluation of church, and it's criticalness of church, and you gripe and grumble about church, do you know what happens? Your children see that. And they'll think, you know, church is just something, all you do is just go and make fun of everybody and criticize and gripe and complain. Your attitude towards the church will be passed down to, um, to your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. They see that. I'll tell you, that will many ways determine whether or not they even go to church when they get older. That is how important it is. If mom and dad are at church, and they're coming and they're serving and they're teaching and they have a great attitude and they're giving during the offering time, you will have children that do the same. Jesus established the church. The Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 came and tongues of fire came down at Pentecost and that was the birth of the church that still exists today. The only organization that the Holy Spirit started is the church. Jesus called the church the bride. This is why we come every Sunday and we worship. Because we this is what two weeks ago our sermon series was on. Our sermon summer jump was on. It was on the church. If you aren't passionate men and fathers about church, you will have a family that grows up and they fall away from church. You should love your church. You should be part of a church that you're active in. Part of a church that's leading people to Jesus. These children right here, listen. There was probably about fifteen children right here on these steps. God's brought these children to this church. These little children. I know it's children's sermon is silly, and you know it's you know it's, it's fun. I guess probably most fun part of the worship service. Certainly more part of the regular sermon. But children's sermon is fun. These children will have positive, exciting life experience. I remember going to church, coming up on the stage, getting my offering, reading a Bible verse, children praying. And I want you to know, this is how you kill that. If you hop in the car, what if I hop in the car today? I say, Sherry, why do we do children's sermon? All that does is take away more time from the regular sermon. That's a waste of time. We don't need that. Four ears are in the back seat and they will hear that. And that's their hearing, I'm not important. If you go home and you say, I know they beg for VBS workers, but I don't like Bible school. All it does is trash the church. and costs a lot of money. We don't need to do that. Children hear that. Your attitude when you're in the presence of younger people towards the church the Bible, the Lord spills over to others. Men, I want to tell you, if you're just a positive man that loves the Lord, loves the church, right there, you've already, you've already beaten 95% of most folks. You've won. You love Jesus, you love the church and you're eager to serve. you are a God. The Bible says you are a godly man if you do that. That is the type of Father. That is the type of man God wants to raise up. We're about to have our time of response. For this response, we've been talking about what it means to cry out to Abba, Father. If you have, there's not a point in your life. I shared that statistic. Most folks get saved by the time they're 20. If you have never in your life given, cried out, given your life to Jesus as Abba, Father, at our time of response, that's what it means to trust Jesus as your Savior. Have you done that? Is Jesus, have you cried out to him? Is God your father? Do you have a prayer life? Do you have a relationship that you know God personally? Just like your children, your family know you as father, especially on Father's Day, you should know God that same way. This time of response, I'm going to be standing down front. You come forward and say, Daniel, I want God as my father. I want to get saved. I want to make a decision. That cries out to God as Father. Let's stand together. Our band's going to lead us in our time of response. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond this morning.
3: How great
2: the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy, what heart could fathom such boundless grace? God of ages Step down from glory To wear my sin And bear my shame The cross
3: has spoken I am forgiven The King of kings calls me his own Beautiful Savior I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, thy living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one.
0: That you were with us this morning to worship. Uh, We pray that uh, as we leave this place. You know that uh, our time of response doesn't end here. um, But it continues out these doors. As we choose to respond. uh, Fathers especially us. As we choose to respond to the call that's been placed on us this morning. uh, To be godly men and godly fathers. As we lead our families. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. Then we'll be dismissed. We hope you have a happy Father's Day. And uh, no evening service tonight. So we will see you here next Sunday morning. Uh, with the Kentucky Baptist Allstate Youth Choir. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the time that we've had this morning. God, we thank you for uh, your word that's been given to us and uh, spoken over us. God, we pray that you would um, continue to lead us, that you would continue to impress on each of us. Uh, Father, I pray for all the men here that are fathers, God, that you would uh, continue to guide them, continue to give them wisdom and strength as they seek uh, to lead their families and be men of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you most of all for Jesus and the freedom that we have in him. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. You all are dismissed. Happy Father's Day.